Hey everyone, welcome to the Crypto Risk Officer podcast. Um, I think this time we we are going to focus on um, as episode eight as a new fresh episode as the saga of FTX is kind of closing to an end in all the controls failures. However, um, this episode is mainly fo- focused on how to protect your crypto assets and also for exchanges because I can give you some kind of scenarios that the topic we're talking about is about uh, causes that could happen to your crypto assets. This is mainly uh, on how to protect it from phishing emails, phishing messages and and other kind of scams of uh, hyperlink. It's kind of these days, phishing emails are really common to uh, penetrate into people's kind of uh, information. And also it could be used from social media, uh, social media and, and also um, they get all the information from, from, from what you post. Uh, so, so hence, how do they get the emails? Sometimes it could be weak passwords, also, so then you get these phishing emails. For example, um, well, um, w- recently that, that you might heard that um, Crow, which is a, a website, uh, part of the bankruptcy for FTX, they've actually got hacked it. So, so, so due to some phishing emails. So within their controls, their sites got, got scraped all the FTX um, clients. So all these clients had received constantly phishing emails that, oh, your your asset is ready for claim, so please check it. So these are very common and it's very easy to produce uh, these 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 kind of uh, phishing emails. So so once they get this uh, your emails, they could send in directly say, oh, they are from FTX Estate, they are from your bank accounts. Well, but they try and make it as legit as possible. It's not really difficult nowadays with the chat GPT. So they can pump some, some keywords so they can make a very perfect English uh, grammatically, no errors. They can just do that really easily. Um, so in terms of that, phishing emails, it's, it's the very basic, but it's really hard uh, to avoid. So if there's any link, uh, in my experience, um, that if anyone send you a link either from Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, job title, where there's a link, say, oh, yeah, uh, there's something you want to read, unless it's someone you already know. Uh, or, or, or Also, you can double check those links are valid. Uh, if it's just a normal link, if they say, oh, apply for this job in, in this link, then normally you go to the, the general website to check that job. Okay, so if it's a banking job, they, they probably send you a link with a banking job. But then instead of clicking that link, you will just go for the global link and, and just check it that, that way. Um, so so I guess this this is one comment on, on scanning and, and other kind of uh, items that, that Cliff's going to share as well. So let's focus on the common uh, scamming for, for phishing emails and how do we protect them? Uh, I pass it over to Cliff. Thank you, Robbie. Um, 
actually, uh, when we are talking about other than the phishing emails, as mentioned by Robbie, what we uh mentioned some phishing messages maybe coming from other channels, because usually when we are uh investing in crypto assets, uh, some common channels we use maybe. For example, uh, the, the Twitter, uh, now called the X, right? And also the Discord channels and also the Telegram channels. And these three channels are the most, I think, commonly used in the crypto space. But when, when you guys are in just for some, uh, uh, chains or some blockchains or some projects, Likely, you you may join some discussion group or, or join some uh, official group, something like that. So, before you joining those official so so called official groups, I think you need to double check, maybe cross check from some uh, famous app like uh, Coin Gecko to see whether they uh, uh mention Twitter. Discord or, or Telegram are uh, official one. And also, I think one of the important golden rules for joining this channel is that uh, whenever there are someone you don't know or, or even you don't you know them, DM you, that, that means uh, send direct message to use. Be, be cautious because it is a uh, high uh, wet alert for that because usually for for an official website for some crypto space they will have some golden rules mentioned that oh they will not initiate a direct message to you because most of the time this dm are fortunate uh, i share one example that i experienced myself uh, some time ago because when i am using the discord channels and I have uh waste uh some questions maybe in the official uh channel general request in in the public channel inside, then I immediately receive some DM from some um uh from some person in in that channel that I know that asking me oh any help for me we we are for this uh uh customer service for for this uh so-called channel that uh anything I can have you may give us so the wallet address something like that and then uh they they use a very similar names or, or uh misleading names like uh CS at what uh crypto whatever so they try to uh pretend to be helping you. And then ask you more questions so that you may, uh, you may be, uh, sometimes negligently giving some confidential information. Maybe your, uh, secrets, for example, or, or something others, uh, important. So I think we, we should be cautious on receiving these kind of phishing messages from whatever channels that I mentioned previously. And beware that when there are some, you want to waste a self-service ticket, usually 
these Discord channels, they themselves have a ticketing service that you raise a ticket, then an official one will reply you instead of someone directly DM you. So another example is that when, when you're using Telegram, uh, you join some group, maybe there are some fraudster scammers in that group already. So whenever you, you mention something in the public group, they, they will notice what you're mentioning that. And someone may directly suddenly DM you asking anything to help you, something like that. Seems to be very helpful. I think it's a very uh, important thing to, to remember. And also, as uh, mentioned by uh, Robbie, for, for some hyperlink that sense, usually this kind of phishing messages, other than they ask you to help you, something like that, they usually will have some link as well. So that once you click it, it will be asked you to input something or the link may itself have some problems that maybe I'm not sure, maybe virus, something like that. So it should be very cautious when facing this kind of uh, messages. Yeah, that, that's what my my two cents for, for this kind of scammers. Yeah. So, yeah. What we yeah, for, 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 for the controls, how we prevent this is always, uh, I think in this crypto space and, and also from from the world of COVID. Uh, so always have the 2FA. Having a 2FA is, is, is a strong protection. Uh, it will reduce the, the attacks of account takeover. But however, if you spotted any accounts currently that you have a 2FA to your SMS mobile, please take that off. Uh, why is that? Because it's a high vulnerability that mobile network can get SIM swap. So it's a very common technique that SIM swap means that they take over your accounts. How do they take it over your accounts? There's a number of ways, okay? One way is they work with an inside partner within the company of the call center. So just imagine call center guys, they don't get paid quite a lot. If you get someone can work inside with them, they can easily uh, take over your accounts. Or uh, that's one, one point. The other point is they gather so much information from your Facebook, from your LinkedIn profile, whatever. They pretend to be you. And, and somehow they, they might got lucky to, to, to get some cover ID somewhere. So they can pretend to be you. They call in and they say, I want to change my email. I want to change my SIM because I, I lost it. Um, so so please if you do have a platform on facebook linkedin uh your crypto uh, exchange account or also if they have a phone as a sms as a 2fa please change it change it to an authenticator which changes the numbers which is a google authenticator microsoft uh, azure or something if you are really savvy uh, which is another level you can buy a YubiKey. YubiKey is is authenticator, but however, it does not connect to the internet, so it's actually offline. So it's again, it, it you can keep all your two uh, FA, all the number changes, 
but this is not online. You can take it off uh, as a uh, as a uh, USB stick. So so you can take it off. Um, and the most common is password device. Uh, you you can use a password manager if 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 it's uh, for protection. But however, recently the these password managers also are prone to vulnerability. So basically, you have all your eggs in one basket. It's easy. I think it's easy. Uh, you know, um, it can also building those passwords for you. But however, if that company get hacked, all your password or or also lose it. I I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, I think most companies they use it because uh, uh, the password they use they obviously it's very long uh generally now password should contain 16 uh characters which is digital uh alphabetical uh, symbols and so why 16 because 16 is hard uh, take a long time and resource to brute force the attack what i meant by brute force is basically hackers can compute a python script and Literally, if you have four-digit password, so they can just run that script, trial and error. So four password, four numbers, like one, two, three, four, four, three, four. So they can do all those combinations. So so with the shorter, uh, the combination is uh, less. So they don't need to do it. They just run a script and they, they can go, go get a pizza and come back and password in, in result. But if you have, 16 plus multiple uh, combinations of uh, symbols, uh, small caps, big caps, letters, and all that, uh, then it's hard for them to use the script. Even if they use the script, it probably take them, I don't know, uh, three, four years to, to, to do that. So so it's no point to, to do those uh, things. It costs too much for, for them to generate and time. So, so that is my advice on on the phishing email, and also a phishing email is once they send it to you, if you don't know, if they don't really address your name or or put hi or something, you normally uh, a lot of them are, I just remove them. And make sure when you subscribe those um those letterbox, there's there's a lot of information that ask you. So, so sometimes uh those third party you subscribe they they get hacked and that's why your email you get all, all, all these scams emails that that's one thing and sometimes you hover against the email so the email should be uh, uh google.com then they don't have google.com they want to three four five six and then say uh hello me or something like that so so you hover the email does not correspond to the firm's address that will be a no no sign so let me pause out here. I think these are all the general advice. I, I will advise that people for internal staff, they need to be aware of. And also external, which is um, you know, clients or so, or individual, they need to be aware of. Because cyber security from an operational risk framework, year on year is the number one concern. Most of the risk discipline, uh, chief risk officer, head of operational risk, all the banks, everywhere, uh, it has been dominating the, the top place. Cybersecurity, 
uh, data protection. Uh, all these are cloud, uh, cloud security risks. Everything, uh, infrastructure, everything is related to tech is, is a very uh, important that we need to secure and control. And this will only go as high each year uh, and millions of dollars has uh, been lost due to weak controls and uh, lack of uh, critical assets gets uh, protected as well. So let me pass over to Cliff about uh, the next topic we want to talk about, Rookpool. Hey, Cliff. Okay, thank you, uh, Robbie. Yeah, uh, we, when we talk about in, in the crypto space called Rookpool, uh, that means that uh, usually when there are some new tokens or some new projects or whatever, NFT, whatever, some crypto tokens, they have a very oh, fantastic concept. And maybe before the token is listed, they may say, oh, there are some uh, so-called something like P PIPO or something that uh, private placement or something that maybe some website, they make it, uh, it is a kind of way to attract some uh, P investment before they publicly list it. And so that you will invest some money on that. And then, uh, of course, they will market it itself. Oh, very uh, attractive. And they may expect it after the listed. They have some prices, expectation, target. Maybe maybe they uh, employed some uh, key opinion, latest KOL in the net, or we can uh, employ hiring some uh, marketing uh, teams to to promote the projects or promote the coins. So that uh, once you invest it, and then uh, many ones uh, are, have many uh, high hype for, for that project. And then once it's uh, listed, maybe on the first day or, or few days, oh, the, the hype is so high, many months goes in. And then, but suddenly you'll find that it may be a... Uh, it kind of rough pool because when you subsequently check the wallet address for those who own those tokens the most, maybe it is a uh fifty one percent uh kind of attack. That means uh the coins itself maybe already owned by uh. 51% is owned by a key stakeholders that they, they uh, are together from, from the same group or from the same uh, gangsters, something like that. So that... Yeah, when, I, when, I think when I they, agree yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I think I agree what Cliff's saying about once they get listed. So I guess um, to add more values to the, uh, to the audience, since we are, have been working in this environment, so for 
most exchange, uh, obviously you need to look at the regulated exchange. So for most exchange with a regulated exchange, they will have control in place before listing. So they don't list everything in there. So that means they should have a token listing community uh, committee. So, so within this committee, they will look at all the criteria, how it should be listed. So they will look at, uh, for example, uh, the white paper of this token and look at how legit is it, uh, the tokenomics of it. Uh, they need to scan the backgrounds of the founders, whether there's any first news of them. Uh, using AML and CFT2, which is anti-money laundering and uh, counter-terrorist finance, to check check the profile. Have they done any uh, fortunes activities or scamming or, or so so? And uh, also get opinion from, from legal, uh, risk, and, and business and technology to, to opine whether there's any issues before they have a uh, non-disclosure uh, agreement to sign on this and then they're listed. How it works that normally when they list these tokens, so for example uh, Cliff got Cliff Coins, okay, it's going to list them to, 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 to an exchange. So when they uh, list them to exchange, there should be a benefit to exchange, alright? So, so the benefit is normally there's a fees. The fees can be paid uh, mostly in um, arguments say it could be anything. It will be USDT or, or, or some stable coins uh, tokens. But however, they can also part it that uh, we will give you some of our tokens on, on, on so uh, as a fee. So it could be uh, that depending on in discretion of of the the token issuer. So there may be different combination of of that. So I could give you an example of. When I rejected one of these kind of uh, tokens, as, as a risk manager, I, I don't see any tokenomics. So that means there's no mention of any underlying technologies, not even uh, a diagram of, of this kind of technologies. It, it was very commercialized, say that, oh, it, when we build these tokens, these tokens will, will hit to the moon, okay? Uh, with all these, like, we've got these kind of controls. Uh, so it's very commercialized and very risk-focused and, and control. Say, oh, we've got ABCD. Well, it's all good, but can you show me the white paper? How does it work? Uh, you know, uh, how, how does it, uh, how is your burn rate? Uh, how 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 is the halving? Uh, who's maintaining these nodes, and and what was the percentage? Has there been an ICO? So there was literally very minimum, and and then that 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 gave me a red flag. And then the second part is the profile of these clients were kind of quite scattered into different regions, um, which the co-founder. Uh, say he was an investment banker. Uh, so when I looked at the the profile in LinkedIn, okay, he was working for an investment banker, banking institution. But then his period of uh, working as an investment banker was an analyst for six months. Okay, 
So that does not apply. Uh, if we we are in traditional finance, if you work there for six months, you 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 probably just enough just to scrape the the norm of bringing the coffee, okay, and, and look a few papers, okay. You, you you cannot do any deals. You cannot do anything, okay. Six months, so you cannot say that you are an investment banker. So you <laughs> maybe a investment uh, intern for six months, okay, uh, or or even uh. Uh, as a graduate course for six months, you can't say say yourself. Yeah, I I've been working for investment market. So similar to uh, the FTX saga that uh, previously, um, the the CEO Constant Wang, she says she uh, is a risk manager. She's nowhere near a risk manager. She was only a, a CFT uh, AML. Uh, anti-money laundry off, uh, as analyst, okay, for two years, graduate analyst. So for two years, that is only just doing very basic due diligence, you know, checking your sanctions and, and, and some basic training, okay? So so nowhere is a uh, risk manager. So, so basically, I want to say that before the exchange put listed, they will do due diligence. But however, once they listed those, those does not mean it's all clear. You, as an investor, uh, this podcast is, is not investor uh, advice, but you will also should do your due diligence and check that whether these people, one thing, are they legit? Uh, have they done any big you know, contribution uh, to the network? And, and seriously, uh, in my view, um, there's so many coins. I think probably um, 96%, they're all shit coins. Uh, maybe 4%, uh, maybe it's genuine. So so that's my two cents anyway. Back to you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Robbie, for, for the sharing for some web alerts for uh, the Rappu. And I I think for for this episode, uh, we, we, we talk about the foster scanners and all the Rappu. And I I would like to uh, highlight some uh, what we call do's and don'ts and so that we to minimize this kind of loss of uh, our crypto assets to the uh, forces scammers or lost uh, assets to this kind of uh, rub pool because some of the time even you you try to for example study a lot on the tokenomics or uh, to do uh, what we call uh, DYOR uh, do your own research before investing maybe when you invest that thing you consider that it was definitely long in Rapku, but something may have some uh, mistakes making during the research process. Maybe in the end it was a Rapku or not necessarily a Rapku, maybe just a kind of failed project. For example, for, for the Lunar UST, it was a uh, failed project. Uh, with some of the potential suspected fraudulence for, for the founders. And so in order to minimize the, the effects of this, I think for for one of the don't, I, I suggest that for, for from the perspective, 
of protecting your assets. Don't share your sit face to anyone. Okay. Even to your girlfriend or boyfriend or wife. Unless you, you compromise that you, you, you do on, 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 on the sit face, know the sit face. And also don't invest more than you afford to lose in the crypto space because crypto assets is one of the uh, nearly highest risk of uh, uh, asset class, I think, compared with other asset class equities, fixed income. So so that is the uh, second rule. And then also don't trust something too good to be true. So when, when you do DY or out, do your own research on investing some uh, investments. Don't uh, believe, oh, some cryptos staking have uh, 20 or 30 or something, maybe 1,000% uh, staking reward. But usually this kind of reward based on the tokenomics inflation, they're very high. So what they may be some scammers forced to something like that so beware of this and also uh for the dues i suggest that actually you should safe keep the safe face securely maybe you write down something in the paper and then lock it in a safe or something like that or looking them into a few pieces and put into a secure place in, in your house or in, in a house if you have. So that uh make sure that you when when you uh lost your hardware uh wallet you can also retrieve the uh, uh assets from, from those seed trays you saved securely. And also I think using uh a you can try to use a few uh cx of course suggest to choose those regulated ones if possible and so that to diversify uh the risk maybe some time of the cx they are uh, compromised internally or externally from hackers so the the cx loss of their clients as that so if you use a few cx it will it has kind of lower the concentration risk on the CAs. And of course, other than using CAs, you can use some uh, uh, DEX as well. But of course, using DEX is that you will usually have a uh, uh, cold wallet or hot wallet to store those assets uh, on on chain. So it will be different from CAs. CAs is usually your assets are uh, off the chain and this is on the chain so that you, it's a kind of uh, diversification and so that lower the concentration risk of uh, keeping your assets into one location. And also, lastly, for investment perspective, I think uh, similar to the traditional finance for equities, fixed income, or investing in some mutual funds, you should always diversify your portfolio to avoid uh, concentration risk. For example, if you are investing in Bitcoin, if that two blue chip coins, you can allocate more, for example, 
then for, for some mimicrons allocate maybe less than 1% or, or even less than 0.5% to minimize uh, your uh, potential loss. Yeah, because it may be a rupture, right? Anyway, so uh, that's my two cents for, for the other eyes, you guys. So, Robert, do you have something to add? Yeah, sure. I, I guess uh just want to reiterate that this is not an investment broadcast. So for the purpose of your investment, I think you just need to say to yourself, is it for long term or short term? Is If it's for long term, I would suggest uh, don't keep it on exchange. Take it offline. Um, once you buy, just put them in, in, in put cold storage. But if you are a short term, that means you like leverage that the exchange give you, maybe twenty x, hundred x. So so in terms of the bull market, then then that is more like uh investing and trading. That's more like on trading than investment. Investment no, normally I see is more long term. Trading is more like uh, in and out. So um, yeah. So so make sure you understand your risk appetite. So that means you understand that if I use this much leverage, uh, I could probably get wiped out the next morning, and and I'm always still okay because I, I still got a lot of money. So so it's okay. But if I get wiped out the next morning, I'm I'm gonna commit suicide. So that's a no no. Okay. So basically, um, half enough that if you lose you it won't break your heart so that's that that's my view so i hope this uh this episode has been um worthwhile for everyone and uh there's some uh key message we, we, we want to bring out to to the communities uh myself and cliff here we we, we are in this space because we believe this Base should have more professional, secure, uh, and risk and controls. So hence our podcast is mainly on risk and control. So uh, I I hope that uh, we can continue to provide uh, great values to to everyone. Uh, uh, apologies of uh, the the book of broadcasting uh, method because currently it's just me me and Cliff uh, providing these our insights and sharing this. Um, Maybe in the future we we might start inviting some some other kind of professional within this risk space. So so then uh yeah the the more knowledge can be shared. So um uh, thank you for listening. Hope you're all well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.